Section twelve of the Letters of Jane Austen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Letter twenty seven. Castle Square, Monday, October twenty fourth. My dear Cassandra, Edward and George came to us soon after seven on Saturday, very well but very cold, having by choice travelled on the outside, and with no great coat but what Mr. Wise, the coachman, good-naturedly spared them of his, as they sat by his side. They were so much chilled when they arrived, that I was afraid they must have taken cold. But it does not seem at all the case. I never saw them looking better. They behave extremely well in every respect, showing quite as much feeling as one wishes to see, and on every occasion speaking of their father with the liveliest affection. His letter was read over by each of them yesterday, and with many tears. George sobbed aloud. Edward's tears do not flow so easily, but as far as I can judge they are both very properly impressed by what has happened. Miss Lloyd, who is a more impartial judge than I can be, is exceedingly pleased with them. George is almost a new acquaintance to me, and I find him in a different way as engaging as Edward. We do not want amusement. Bilbo-catch, at which George is indefatigable, spillikins, paper-ships, riddles, conundrums, and cards, with watching the flow and ebb of the river, and now and then a stroll out, keep us well employed. And we mean to avail ourselves of our kind papa's consideration, by not returning to Winchester till quite the evening of Wednesday. Mrs. J. A. had not time to get them more than one suit of clothes. Their others are making here, and though I do not believe Southampton is famous for tailoring, I hope it will prove itself far better than Basingstoke. Edward has an old black coat, which will save his having a second new one, but I find that black pantaloons are considered by them as necessary, and of course one would not have them made uncomfortable by the want of what is usual on such occasions. Fanny's letter was received with great pleasure yesterday, and her brother sends his thanks, and will answer it soon. We all saw what she wrote, and were very much pleased with it. Tomorrow I hope to hear from you, and tomorrow we must think of poor Catherine. Today Lady Bridges is the heroine of our thoughts, and glad shall we be when we can fancy the meeting over. There will then be nothing so very bad for Edward to undergo. The St. Albans, I find, sailed on the very day of my letters reaching Yarmouth, so that we must not expect an answer at present. We scarcely feel, however, to be in suspense, or only enough to keep our plans to ourselves. We have been obliged to explain them to our young visitors, in consequence of Fanny's letter, but we have not yet mentioned them to Steventon. We are all quite familiarised to the idea ourselves. My mother only wants Mrs. Seward to go out at midsummer. What sort of a kitchen garden is there? Mrs. J. A. expresses her fear of our settling in Kent. Until this proposal was made, we began to look forward to it here. My mother was actually talking of a house at Wye. It will be best, however, as it is. Anne has just given her mistress warning. She is going to be married. I wish she would stay her year. On the subject of matrimony, I must notice a wedding in the Salisbury paper, which has amused me very much. Dr. Philpot to Lady Frances St. Lawrence. She wanted to have a husband, I suppose, once in her life, and he a Lady Frances. I hope your sorrowing party were at church yesterday, and have no longer that to dread. Martha was kept at home by a cold, 
but I went with my two nephews, and I saw Edward was much affected by the sermon, which, indeed, I could have supposed purposely addressed to the afflicted, if the text had not naturally come in the course of Dr. Mant's observations on the litany. All that are in danger, necessity, or tribulation, was the subject of it. The weather did not allow us afterwards to get farther than the quay, where George was very happy as long as we could stay, flying about from one side to the other, and skipping on board a collier immediately. In the evening we had the psalms and lessons, and a sermon at home, to which they were very attentive, but you will not expect to hear that they did not return to conundrums the moment it was over. Their aunt has written pleasantly of them, which was more than I hoped. While I write now, George is most industriously making and naming paper ships, at which he afterwards shoots with horse-chestnuts, brought from Steventon on purpose, and Edward equally intent over the Lake of Killarney, twisting himself about in one of our great chairs. Tuesday. Your close-written letter makes me quite ashamed of my wide lines. You have sent me a great deal of matter, most of it very welcome. As to your lengthened stay, it is no more than I expected, and what must be, but you cannot suppose that I like it. All that you say of Edward is truly comfortable. I began to fear that when the bustle of the first week was over, his spirits might for a time be more depressed, and perhaps one must still expect something of the kind. If you escape a bilious attack, I shall wonder almost as much as rejoice. I am glad you mentioned where Catherine goes to-day. It is a good plan, but sensible people may generally be trusted to form such. The day began cheerfully, but it is not likely to continue for what it should, for them or for us. We had a little water-party yesterday. I and my two nephews went from the Itchen Ferry up to Northam, where we landed, looked into the seventy-four, and walked home. And it was so much enjoyed that I had intended to take them to Netley to-day. The tide is just right for our going immediately after moonshine, but I am afraid there will be rain. If we cannot get so far, however, we may perhaps go round from the ferry to the quay. I had not proposed doing more than cross the Itchen yesterday, but it proved so pleasant and so much to the satisfaction of all, that when we reached the middle of the stream we agreed to be rowed up the river. Both the boys rowed great part of the way, and their questions and remarks, as well as their enjoyment, were very amusing. George's inquiries were endless, and his eagerness in everything reminds me often of his Uncle Henry. Our evening was equally agreeable in its way. I introduced speculation, and it was so much approved that we hardly knew how to leave off. Your idea of an early dinner to-morrow is exactly what we propose, for after writing the first part of this letter, it came into my head that at this time of year we have not summer evenings. We shall watch the light to-day, that we may not give them a dark drive to-morrow. They send their best love to papa and everybody, with George's thanks for the letter brought by this post. Martha begs my brother may be assured of her interest in everything relating to him and his family, and of her sincerely partaking our pleasure in the receipt of every good account from Godmersham. Of Chawton I think I can have nothing more to say, but that everything you say about it in the letter now before me will, I am sure, as soon as I am able to read it to her, make my mother consider the plan with more and more pleasure. We had formed the same views on H. Digweed's farm. A very kind and feeling letter is arrived to-day from Kintbury. Mrs. Fowle's sympathy and solicitude on such an occasion you will be able to do justice to, 
and to express it as she wishes to my brother. Concerning you, she says, Cassandra will, I know, excuse my writing to her. It is not to save myself, but her that I omit so doing. Give my best, my kindest love to her, and tell her I feel for her as I know she would for me on the same occasion, and that I most sincerely hope her health will not suffer. We have just had two hampers of apples from Kintbury, and the floor of our little garret is almost covered. Love to all. Yours very affectionately. J. A. Letter 28 Castle Square, Sunday, November 21st Your letter, my dear Cassandra, obliges me to write immediately, that you may have the earliest notice of Frank's intending, if possible, to go to Godmersham exactly at the time now fixed for your visit to Goodnestone. He resolved almost directly on the receipt of your former letter, to try for an extension of his leave of absence, that he might be able to go down to you for two days, but charged me not to give you any notice of it, on account of the uncertainty of success. Now, however, I must give it, and now perhaps he may be giving it himself, for I am just in the hateful predicament of being obliged to write what I know will somehow or other be of no use. He meant to ask for five days more, and if they were granted, to go down by Thursday night's mail, and spend Friday and Saturday with you, and he considered his chance of succeeding by no means bad. I hope it will take place as he planned, and that your arrangements with Goodnestone may admit of suitable alteration. Your news of Edward Bridges was quite news, for I have had no letter from Rotham. I wish him happy with all my heart, and hope his choice may turn out according to his own expectations, and beyond those of his family, and I dare say it will. Marriage is a great improver, and in a similar situation, Harriet may be as amiable as Eleanor. As to money, that will come, you may be sure, because they cannot do without it. When you see him again, pray give him our congratulations and best wishes. This match will certainly set John and Lucy going. There are six bedchambers at Shorten. Henry wrote to my mother the other day, and luckily mentioned the number, which is just what we wanted to be assured of. He speaks also of garrets for store-places, one of which she immediately planned fitting up for Edward's man-servant, and now perhaps it must be for our own, for she is already quite reconciled to our keeping one. The difficulty of doing without one had been thought of before. His name shall be Robert, if you please. Before I can tell you of it, you will have heard that Miss Sawbridge is married. It took place, I believe, on Thursday. Mrs. Fowle has for some time been in on the secret, but the neighbourhood in general were quite unsuspicious. Mr. Maxwell was tutor to the young Gregories, consequently they must be one of the happiest couples in the world, and either of them worthy of envy, for she must be excessively in love, and he mounts from nothing to a comfortable home. Martha has heard him very highly spoken of. They continue for the present at Speen Hill. I have a Southampton match to return for your Kentish one, Captain G. Heathcote and Miss A. Lyle. I have it from Alethea, and like it, because I had made it before. Yes, the Stonely business is concluded, but it was not till yesterday that my mother was regularly informed of it, though the news had reached us on Monday evening by way of Steventon. My aunt says as little as may be on the subject by way of information, and nothing at all by way of satisfaction. She reflects on Mr. T. Lee's dilatoriness, 
and looks about with great diligence and success for inconvenience and evil, among which she ingeniously places the danger of her new housemaids catching cold on the outside of the coach when she goes down to Bath, for a carriage makes her sick. John Binns has been offered their place, but declines it, as she supposes, because he will not wear a livery. Whatever be the cause, I like the effect. In spite of all my mother's long and intimate knowledge of the writer, she was not up to the expectation of such a letter as this. The discontentedness of it shocked and surprised her. But I see nothing in it out of nature, though a sad nature. She does not forget to wish for chambers, you may be sure. No particulars are given, not a word of arrears mentioned, though in her letter to James they were in a general way spoken of. The amount of them is a matter of conjecture, and to my mother a most interesting one. She cannot fix any time for their beginning with any satisfaction to herself but Mrs. Lee's death, and Henry's two thousand pounds neither agrees with that period, nor any other. I do not like to own our previous information of what was intended last July, and have therefore only said that if we could see Henry we might hear many particulars, as I had understood that some confidential conversation had passed between him and Mr. T. L. at Stoneleigh. We have been as quiet as usual, since Frank and Mary left us. Mr. Criswick called on Martha that very morning on his way home again from Portsmouth, and we have had no visitor since. We called on the Miss Lyles one day, and had a good account of Mr. Heathcote's canvas, the success of which, of course, exceeds his expectations. Alethea, in her letter, hopes for my interest, which I conclude means Edward's, and I take this opportunity, therefore, of requesting that he will bring in Mr. Heathcote. Mr. Lane told us yesterday that Mr. H. had behaved very handsomely, and waited on Mr. Thistlewaite, to say that if he, Mr. T., would stand, he, Mr. H., would not oppose him. But Mr. T. declined it, acknowledging himself still smarting under the payment of late electioneering costs. The Mrs. Hulberts, we learned from Kinbury, come to Steventon this week, and bring Mary Jane Fowle with them on her way to Mrs. Noon's. She returns at Christmas with her brother. Our brother we may perhaps see in the course of a few days, and we mean to take the opportunity of his help to go one night to the play. Martha ought to see the inside of the theatre once while she lives in Southampton, and I think she will hardly wish to take a second view. The furniture of Bellevue is to be sold to-morrow, and we shall take it in our usual walk, if the weather be favourable. How could you have had a wet day on Thursday? With us it was the Prince of Days, the most delightful we have had for weeks, soft, bright, with a brisk wind from the south-west. Everybody was out and talking of spring, and Martha and I did not know how to turn back. On Friday evening we had very blowing weather, from six to nine. I think we never heard it worse, even here. And one night we had so much rain that it forced its way again into the store-closet, and though the evil was comparatively slight and the mischief nothing, I had some employment the next day in drying parcels, etc., I have now moved still more out of the way. Martha sends her best love, and thanks you for admitting her to the knowledge of the pros and cons about Harriet Foote. She has an interest in all such matters. I am also to say that she wants to see you. Mary Jane missed her papa and mamma a good deal at first, but now does very well without them. I am glad to hear of little John's being better, and hope your accounts of Mrs. Knight will also improve. Adieu. Remember me affectionately to everybody, and believe me, ever yours, J. A.
End of section 12.